Welcome to the Trailer Island podcast where we compare films and their trailers. Did the film deliver what the trailer promised? I am your host, Alex, and I'm joined by... I'm stuck on an island. I'm Steve. And... And I'm, I'm Matthew. That's who I am. I think Steve's actually starting to mentally degrade. Yeah, it's, the, it's the heat stroke. As it, as it goes on. Oh, it's been... It's... Uh, uh, Sand. I've definitely felt every second stuck on this island with Steve, so you know we're getting um, through. It. I do love how you're dressed in seaweed today. I think that's a it's a <laughs> wonderful new look. I call this a knit. Okay, fantastic. It's um, a makeshift knit, but it's um, it's pretty it's pretty warm. Am I in the wrong podcast? Is this a fashion podcast now? <laughs> What's well, Matthew, those shells they are working hard, but they Thank look fantastic. Thank you very much. Thank you. That's good. We're really going back this yeah, week. We're going we back further than we've ever been before. Um, and I think it's important that because we are going so far back, in fact, 1954, mm. that the our tugboat, the time tug, Oh, it's got a lot of work to do today to get us all the way back to 1954. Sh- sh- should I bring it out? Bring, please bring it out. Yeah, yeah, okay. Hang on. Bring it in. Bring it in. Oh, there it is. You should know my girlfriend and she keeps some gin on me. Cigarettes. That captain needs some help, I think. Um, Seems fine to me. <laughs> so, that, thank you, Time Tug. You've travelled us all the way back to... Hang on. Actually, I've got another sound effect that might work for that. For also also travelling back in time. Um, oh, God. Mm-hmm. I think that's a valid sound effect to use. Uh, Matthew, you are not impressed with that, are you? <laughs> I, think, I think we... Let's just introduce the film. <laughs> so, we are going back all the way back to 1954... With a Alfred Hitchcock film, mm-hmm. we'll be back in a couple of minutes. It goes quite a while, but it's mm-hmm. very it's worth having a listen to how we are described mm. a lot about the film in this trailer. Oh, just how different trailers are in general back then. This week we are doing Alfred 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 Alfred, Alfred yes, Hitchcock's yes, nineteen fifty four Rear Window. This is the scene of the crime. A crime of passion, filmed in a way you have never seen before. And as no one else would dare attempt. But the screen's master of suspense, the producer-director who shocked the world with Psycho. This is the apartment of a man named Jeffries, a news photographer whose beat used to be the world. Right now, his world has shrunk down to the size of this window. He's been watching the people across the way. Nobody seems to pull their blinds during a hot spell like this. He knows a lot about them by now. Too much, perhaps. For instance, down there on the second floor, the woman pacing about. He calls her Miss Lonely Hearts. So lonely that even death seems like a friend. These are the newlyweds on a honeymoon no one will ever forget. He calls her Miss Hearing Aid, an artist of a very odd and strange art. The songwriter who plays the same melody over and over again. A genius or insane? This is the traveling salesman and his invalid wife. Out of their arguments and nagging comes a weird kind of love. Miss Torso, the body beautiful. That is, viewed from a safe distance. Those are just a few of my neighbors. First, I watched them just to kill time, but then I couldn't take my eyes off them, just as you won't be able to. And you won't be able to take your eyes off the glowing beauty of Grace Kelly, who shares the heart and curiosity of James Stewart, 
in this story of a romance shadowed by the terror of a horrifying secret. Well, there we go. That is a... that you can tell the era that that oh, has yeah. been produced in. That is uh, just by the sound quality, if anything. But also the narration. I think, that, I mean, narration is something we haven't really had in trailers for for quite some time, really. Probably mid-naughty. Yeah, yeah, probably, probably the last time. Yeah. Of the films that we've done, the last time I heard narration was in Lemony Snicket. Yeah, which yeah. was, what was that? It was like four, I think, wasn't oh, it? Four, yeah. Um, Starring Jim Carrey. Jim yes. Carrey. Jim Carrey. <laughs> but this trailer, um, interestingly enough for this film, the original trailer does not exist. They, it, it, they've lost it somehow into the archive. I was so disappointed um, when you said that earlier. Yeah, but the, the trick, obviously, is that they mention um, Psycho in that trailer. Like, if you, if you could stand Psycho, um, come and see this, if you, if you mm-hmm. dare, kind of thing. But Psycho came out six years after this film. So this was obviously them trying to tie it up, to a re-release to sort of come along with that that popularity of psycho it's an interesting trailer because it it really does it tells you a lot doesn't oh yeah it? if you haven't seen rear window yet go see it yeah but this may be difficult to discuss <laughs> well to be fair this this film is now um what 76 years old i feel like if we i feel like spoilers are a bit of a you you can be careful about giving probably yeah. the final thing yeah. away because so, it won't impact our discussion what, the end, what happens is <laughs> what i would say about this though is because Alfred Hitchcock is such a master that, I mean, in the trailer they say this is the scene of the crime. We know there's a crime. Yes. Okay. But the real, like, suspenseful elements of this film are about how our main characters are going to expose the crime. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's not exactly that the crime's been committed. Mm. It's just how are our characters going to navigate it's this? A, to me, it's a, a, like a lot of Hitchcock's work. It is a bit like Cluedo, similar to um, like Rope as well. But like the thing, like you start the game with Cluedo and you know that someone has died. Yeah. And it's about finding out how it happened. But interestingly, in this, in this trailer, it makes a big deal of it being an Alfred Hitchcock film. And I think Alfred Hitchcock really was the first director to have this kind of to bring about this culture of directors' names being associated with films. You know, you, th- you sort of apply that to the modern day and you have your Steven Spielberg's, your Ridley Scott. But really before Alfred Hitchcock, the director wasn't the biggest name attached to a film. It was always the actors. I don't know if I agree with that. Yeah. There are names like John Huston, always sort of... Uh, some of those big Western directors in particular. Sure. But are they, they famous really... now? Were they famous at the time like Hitchcock was? Or was, is that because say, of yeah. a, more Absolutely. of a retroactive thing? I would say absolutely yes. Some of John Huston's epic films are still are still remembered today as one like tent poles and hallmarks. Yeah, and no, but, but that's that's my point. Is they remember today in that in that lens? But back then when they were released, were they saying this this is a film? Oh, yeah, absolutely. By yeah. this person, okay. Were they pre or post Hitchcock? Houston was probably around the same time as. So perhaps Hitchcock? it was a marketing thing that people yeah. began to realize that that is a way of selling yeah, a film. Sure, and it became more of a marketing exercise, but. I don't think Hitchcock was particularly coy to the use of his image <laughs> no, in promoting not, his yeah. film. So I think he uh, encouraged it. In oh, fact. He, yeah, he definitely. Um, mm-hmm. I would imagine the man had something of an ego. I would imagine <laughs> um, it became a sort of genre of itself, didn't it? Going to see a, a Hitchcock film. You can use that as a example of a film. So oh, it's very, it's a very Hitchcock film. Well, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but. If you were to ask someone to describe or tell us, name a director from before the 1970s, mm. Hitchcock is probably one of the people you would be able to oh, name yeah. at a good oh, guess. Oh, yeah, absolutely. 
I wonder if it was a marketing ploy at the time in 1954 that it was advertised as a Hitchcock film. Oh, I think I think it was. I think it definitely was. Because by that point, uh, Rope had been released in 1948. Yes. I mean, his first film was in 1922. Mm-hmm. He's had a very... Well, he, sorry, I should use past tense, but um, he had a very, very long career. Uh, well, he, he produced, I think, over 50 films. Yeah. yeah. And then went and remade some of his own films as well. He did for an American audience. Yeah. yeah. Did he really? He did. Because he started off his career in, in uh, the UK. Right. So he made, I think, like Stranger Than Train over there and then uh, made that over there. I think Correct me so. if I'm wrong. I, I've, I've definitely only ever seen the American Strangers on a Train, but that's my probably my, yeah. one of my favourite Hitchcock films. But I, There are definitely a couple he's, he's gone back yeah. and he's remade. The, the difficult thing with Hitchcock, I know we're slightly off topic, but the difficult thing with Hitchcock is because some, a lot of his earlier films are so old, they are basically don't exist anymore, so you can't mm-hmm. find them. It's only his later, more well-known stuff that's been preserved. But back, bringing that back to, to Rear Window, this film itself went missing for about 30 years after Hitchcock died because in his will... He had left this film and a number of others, including Rope, to his daughter. And for whatever uh, reason, I don't know why, she didn't want them in circulation. So it wasn't until, I think, oh, I think it was in the 80s, she finally said, oh, yeah, you can, you can have them back now. And that's when they re-released Rope and Rear Window in the 1980s. Would you guess that this, this trailer we just listened to was probably uh, coinciding with that? Uh, I think this trailer, by the sounds of it, is much older than the 1980s, okay. I think. How wonderful is that trailer, though? It's just... It's, oh, it's beautiful. It's, someone, it's, someone wrote down the plot to the film on a piece of paper, <laughs> gave it to the voiceover guy. I was like, just read this, you know, just, you know. It's, it's literal. And, it's very and Jimmy Stewart records a bit to camera as well, specifically for the trailer. He's using that star power as well of yeah, Jimmy Stewart. Absolutely, Who yeah. at this stage is quite, is very well known. One of the most bankable stars at that stage, I'd say. Yeah, Grace Kelly had done a lot of TV Leading up to this point, yeah, and sure. was probably quite quite well known in that regard. And well, Hitchcock think, definitely liked her. I think this was her and Hitchcock's first film together. I believe so. It was it was one of three, but maybe we'll come back to that. Yeah, when we should probably discuss what is this film? What yes. is what is Rear Window? <laughs> what happens in Rear Window? We are we've got Jimmy Stewart, who is our main character, L. B. Jeffries, L. B. Jeffries, mm. and L. B. Jeffries has broken his I want to say leg and hip. Because yeah, that, that cast is quite high up, it's isn't quite it? quite hard, yeah. Um, so so he's, he's wheelchair bound for uh, eight weeks. And stuck in his apartment mm. in the middle of a an American heat wave. We could say, you could probably say it's downtown Manhattan. I think it is, yeah. Something like that. Doesn't have anywhere to go and all he can really do is watch his neighbours. Because mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a square. It's a square that goes, it circles, encircles him entirely. So he has this wonderful view yeah. into his neighbours' windows and everything. And into their lives as well. Yeah, indeed. Indeed. And which is quite well described in the trailer. And what we lo- what we learn quite quickly about our character, which is the classic Hitchcock of show and don't tell, is that almost immediately in the first minute we know it's extremely hot. Mm. We can see people hot and bothered from his window. Hands down across him. It shows his broken leg. It even has his name. Here lays the broken <laughs> leg of... L.B. So- Jeffries. L.B. Jeffries. And then... You think, oh well, we're going to find out how that happened at some point, and immediately it pans to all in one shot Photos. to, um, I think it's a broken camera. Yeah. First of all, okay, so he's a photographer, and something's happened while he's taking photos, and sure enough, it goes to the first photo, and it's this looks like a car race yeah. with a car crash heading straight towards him. I mean, so, we can only insinuate that that's the way he broke his. That's 
That's correct, but... It'd be strange if that wasn't the way, because yeah, the exactly, film is yeah. quite he, deliberate. It's quite deliberate about showing you this is what happened. Mm. And but th- there's a conversation later that he has with his boss over the phone that, you know, I've risked life and limb for you and my job. You know, you need to get me out of this insanity that I am stuck in this, <laughs> in this room. So there's this beautiful way of how Hitchcock does this. Mm-hmm. I don't need to tell you to camera what's happening, which is, funnily enough, exactly what happens in the trailer. They're like polar opposites as yeah. Hitchcock yeah, storytelling. It's true. Where the trailer goes, I am talking to you and this is what happens in this film versus the film itself where it doesn't give you all this descriptive narrative to camera. It's literally just able to show you and sometimes even conversations between characters, they just look at each other mm-hmm. and you know what they're thinking about or yeah, talking true. about. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, I think that was probably quite rare in films those days i'm i feel like a lot of it was expositional um for a large a large amount particularly with the invent of the microphone yeah which i think uh was a real challenge for filmmakers with like we've got this wonderful thing that we can tell our audience because we've come from a a world of showing cue cards yeah about conversation and and we're cutting to we can finally use microphones but our character jeffrey's he's stuck in his room he we never leave the room as an audience till the very end. No, oh, that's true. I never picked up on that. There you go. There, yeah. there are a few moments because there are a few shots where the angle is just impossible to get. So they kind of cheat it at one or two times. But for all intents and purposes, the camera is in that room with him the entire time. So this yeah. is again just one of those other another movie that I usually sit down and watch like every year. And every year I pick up something new. And so this year when I watched it for the for the podcast, I noticed that like the first shots of the film. The first shot is this giant one shot, yeah. and it's it's a bit wider, going around the whole like inner circle of these these buildings. The second shot is another one shot, just as long, and this time it's focusing in on all the windows as well. I never I never knew that I, I that never clicked with me. There's, but I appreciate it so much. <laughs> well, it just goes shows how how much there is to analyze. In this film, and particularly why it's prescribed to people in film school to, yeah, you know, really get dig deep into it. Now, our character Jeffries, he's yes, as we discussed, he's stuck in this room. Well, he has a a partner, not not a spouse at this point, but the wonderful no. Grace Kelly, mm-hmm. who is in love with him. He, there's a bit of tension where he doesn't want to get married. He's a bit of an adventurer, and she's very much the yeah. the opposite of that lifestyle. She, you know, she's a, a socialite. Quite well established in the New York fashion scene, I suspect, and wants him to calm down, you know, become a, a man of the house. And he's an adventurer who likes to go out and take photos. And one night while he's alone and watching his neighbors, he, what does he do? He believes, he suspects, he, he suspects he's witnessed a murder. Yeah. And he has had a few clues leading up to it. He's seen that the, seen these couple, uh, Bickering, perhaps. A couple across the a couple across the square are, are bickering and um Which quite funnily the film describes as the wife nags the husband <laughs> quite a lot. And then there's a conversation about where where Jeffries is talking about, well, you know, it's a it's a modern time now. They don't she doesn't nag, they discuss. <laughs> oh, and so one night he doesn't see but he hears a scream. That's right. Yet more just a genius titillation by Hitchcock there. And we never ever see anything happen. We just he's he's never it's always inferred across all his films. I think with maybe the exception of I think one of them I forget what it's called where it's set in London towards the end of the career. But no, he's he's always been very good at you either hear it or it's inferred. But you've never you never ever see anything. or it's like rope and it's like the first scene. 
Yeah, exactly. I love that. It, it's very like it, he insinuates a lot and lets you decide, which I suppose adds to the mystery of a situation. What well, it adds to the fear. That's why he's the master of suspense. Is your imagination can run mm. wild. Um, I, what I love about this film is when they're just discussing. He's he's you know absolutely adamant that this murder's taking place and that um, this person's having to you know ship body parts of his wife out of out of the uh, apartment and the his um. The, the nurse, the healthcare professional who's looking after him mm-hmm. because of the, from the insurance company. So going, well, how would he do it? And they just kind of throw little things, oh, maybe he's doing it like this. And they sort of, they don't go too far into it. I mean, the film's not too um, in your face, but it makes you go, but what if he's, what if he's like carrying, you know, a leg in that yeah. suitcase or something? It's, it's quite a, it's I, quite grisly. I was thinking about it, it's like, it's quite a heavy theme for mm. 1954, <laughs> talking about dismembering a body and disposing of body parts. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's a scene where we're shown, we see through the eyes of a binoculars and, and then later his telephoto lens uh, of his camera. Mm. So him holding the camera becomes your eye. Yeah. And yeah. you see the husband of the suspected murder victim cleaning a knife and a blade. Yeah, all these little things that make you, well, of course it's him. Yeah. But then you bring in the detective character who go who tries to bring logic to the conversation. Yeah. It's like, well, don't you how many knives have you owned over your years? Mm-hmm. And so sort of building this doubt in the audience and in the character's and, mind. And there are a few red herrings as well, um, a few sort of facts that, that aren't actually facts that make you think, oh, okay, well, it can't be that. But then obviously things later on you come back to and go, oh, wait, no, that was something else that we thought was this. And it's quite, it's quite good at making you go, well, he's definitely guilty. And then going, oh, okay, well, no, it can't be him. And then later on going, oh, wait, no, I was right. You know, and it sort of throws you around a little bit in that. In well, that just something as simple as... Um the scene where he's he's still asleep and uh, well, LB Jeffries is asleep in his chair and they pan from very, very... Sl- uh, he's definitely asleep. They pan over to the murderer's window and you can see him leave the apartment with a woman. Yes. Yeah. You're, not, you're not told who the woman is and you've instantly got seeds in your mind going, hang on, is, is that actually the wife? Is, is, is the yeah. wife actually le- left the building? Do and we obviously, know this? Jeffrey's having not seen it, you go, well, now, of course, he's going to continue yeah. going on, but maybe he is wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's quite cleverly done. Because he misses that, doesn't he? He does. He doesn't see that. Yeah. It's a, it's a fantastic example of that show and don't tell. There's actually a, there's a great video, if you can find it online, where Hitchcock's doing, I guess, a masterclass of some sort, and he's discussing um, the concept of showing the audience what's what a character is looking at mm-hmm. and there's this great one of this this man looking at uh some children playing in a playground and it cuts back to the man and he shows a wry smile and you yeah. say okay what is the emotion that you're evoking from this this is a man who cares about children maybe he loves family mm. and you get a, a sense of the emotion of the scene and then he says okay well let's get the exact same shot of the man looking and let's put a a woman in a bikini doing exercise <laughs> and you cut yeah. back to him. He has the exact same reaction, but he has this wry smile. Yeah, yeah. And you think, well, he's a perv. <laughs> yeah, look at him staring at this woman who's just trying to exercise. My favourite part of that is the person he's using as an example there is always him making the smile as well. <laughs> yeah, that's. Oh, I'd forgotten that. Yeah, it's him. It's been a while since I've been in film school. <laughs> um, so there you go. So it, it really is, shows the power of... That show don't tell what can mm-hmm. you as a filmmaker. Well, that, Hitchcock really so, championed the idea of a film being a montage. You know, it, it's mm-hmm. not it's not a theatre production. This is a montage of images you can put together to sort of tell any story you want. Really, you can rearrange them as much as you like and sort of change perspective on things. It's yeah, it's 
I think that's probably why he's so well respected in hindsight. Is he really champ? Especially in um, in Psycho, he it's it's quite sort of well known that the studio was quite appalled with the back uh, how violent that yeah. film appears to be. But if you watch the shower scene, there's actually really very little blood in that. And it's all down to the way he's cut it, yeah, and 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 the the sound effects and everything. There's that classic shot in Psycho as well. I think everyone's seen the shower scene, surely. Where there, I think there's only one shot where you physically see a knife pressed up against skin. Yeah, and it's very quick. Which is also a shot in reverse. So if you if you look at it, the knife is pressed against the skin. How they filmed it is they've done that and then pulled the knife uh, away. Yeah, yeah. right. But, but for the purpose of the film, they've reversed it yeah. and show the sort of the process. But you never see a knife pierce skin. Uh, you see plenty of blood, but it's also in black and is it in black and white? Yeah, it's like it's black yeah. and white. Yeah, which by which obviously must have been by choice because rear windows in color. I think it, he definitely did it deliberately. I can't remember off the top of my head now why he did, but it's he definitely. I mean, all the films he'd made previous to that for the last oh, ten films have been color. Mm-hmm. Which is an interesting um, choice. I do agree that the uh, the montage is the is the the champion of real rear window. But uh, rewatching it today, I I was just reminded about how good the character story within this film is like the conflict within lb jeffries as to whether he wants to marry uh lisa yeah or whether he wants to cut his losses and go back out on the road and for him there's no compromise there yeah yeah he's very one or the other isn't yeah he? mm. he's actually like jimmy stewart is known as the nice guy of hollywood and he is a genuine a-hole in this he's a bit of a dick isn't he that was very kelly to shut up twice it's like who who would say no to Grace Kelly? Like that's just ridiculous. Yeah. But it, it just it just shows how well you believe his character mm-hmm. and how well that's told. It's, uh, the the two roles I can think of where he's probably p- playing someone who's maybe not the nice guy would be this, and then obviously Vertigo. Still uh, highlight the, that those two characters that dynamic going on. Still uh, still highlight from this from this film. It is it is very believable. Yeah, the, the all, relationship between the two of them. All of the characters within the um, apartment. Um, so his healthcare professional Stella Stella thank you and um, his detective mate Doyle Doyle they're both also great characters who yeah. come in they give you they, they sort of throw on a bit more a uh, bit, bit of comedy here and there but they also do progress the plot quite nicely mm. um, and the suspense really because they, they they very slowly kind of come around to his idea they're very much like no no you're you're ridiculous <laughs> this, this is this is not happening and then they very slowly come around to it and they start saying things like Oh no, you're right. Actually, and then he could have done this, and they sort of start it's, fueling him. You know, it's wonderful how that change happens, isn't it? Where they yeah. sort of these extra characters are then convinced that something mm-hmm. is going on. They're, you see this turn of no, 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 that can't possibly be true. And then <laughs> they're into, not English. <laughs> well, no, it's, okay. That's my 1954. Everyone talks like that in 1954, right? Okay, and. Then they all start theorizing how the murder or being people being chopped up could have happened. Yeah, it's quite it's quite. That's good. that's where Stella coming in every time is just that's 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 her best performance. Is she's like describing these really gruesome details to Grace Grace Kelly, and Grace is like Stella, don't be so crass. And she's like, well, how else am I supposed to describe a murder? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She does have some very good moments, actually. Mm-hmm. She's a lovely, witty, witty bit. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, w- I was really surprised watching this, and I've seen this, like all of us, um, I think here many, many times, but I probably haven't watched this for about oh, two years, maybe two and a half years. And I was sitting at home watching this, and I, especially the last half hour, I felt, I honestly felt myself leaning forward 
But the suspense, <laughs> this film is 76 years old, yeah. but the suspense still works. And not to give anything away, I think we've agreed that we don't want to ruin it if you haven't seen it, but the, think, things pretty dramatic happen at mm-hmm. the end of this movie. And you, you sort of start screaming and going, oh, no, don't do that. You know, that yeah. kind of thing. It's, it's amazing that this film still works so many years later. It's incredible. Just creating a world that feels really lived in as well is something I've always been astounded about, Rear Window in particular, and just how expertly it's crafted that it does feel like a real world with all these yeah. individual stories going on. And he does. He, he yeah. does it very well. Uh, unfortunately, this film did not win for best set decoration. It should have, yeah. It should have. So this wonderful is, set. This was shot... Um, so it was made on the Paramount stages and they actually had to remove the floor of the stage because they needed more height. So it's actually the basement that you're looking at oh, okay. in that film. But it is like you look at you think about the amount of lights they would have had to have yeah. had in there because it looks like daylight. They've lit it really well, and then they have torrential downpours mm-hmm. as well. Um, it you believe the set? It look and also I think the most effective thing in that set is the little um, alleyway he can oh, see out of yeah. into the street beyond. You got a little pub there. You can just see the corner of it, and you have got people and and vehicles going past, and that just sells the image immediately. That you think, there's a world beyond. There's a world what beyond. We're living in. Exactly, it's uh, really well done. Like Miss Lonely Hearts, like dressing up to go out, uh, walks down this alleyway across the street. She's waiting for someone that someone never ever turns up, so she just goes into the restaurant, and you can see this all on camera, like all within focal focus as well, and it just it looks. It yeah, the lived-in part of this world. It makes me. Feel, it made me think of a Wells a Where's Wally book. <laughs> yeah, okay, trying to spot things. Oh yeah, which is I guess what our main character is doing. He's looking yeah. for clues the entire time. He found Wally, and <laughs> and talking about that that lived-in world is. The soundtrack for this mm-hmm. is the neighborhood. Yeah, yeah it's all diegetic. Other, what, other than the titles at the beginning. Yeah, the one of his neighbors is a struggling musician mm-hmm. a composer of sorts and it's his music that he plays as the noisy neighbor that scores this film and you get those motifs that are repeated because this yeah. because this character which is described in conversation is stuck with this idea yeah. in his head about this song that he's trying to write which is the running theme and score that we get and throughout actually, the film it actually directly that music directly influences a number of characters in the film it's not just there as a kind of oh this is a neighbor he's a musician thing it actually has a plot purpose yeah um, and there's not much wasted in this film, I think. And there's, not, al- yeah. there's also like you in scenes of particular tension, or when they're you know reiterating the sense of heat and stress and tension, mm-hmm. is that the screaming brakes of a nearby train can be heard. Yeah, you know, rumbling through the neighbourhood and that sort of that grinding noise. I think the the, be- the best one is actually the party as well. Like there's that constant din in the background yeah. during the scene, and it you get to the point where like, that's actually starting to get really annoying. But it works; it like fuels the scene and fuels mm-hmm. how you're feeling in that scene. So, like, oh, can they just shut up? Which is an interesting juxtaposition to tension in the film at the time. Like there's this wonderful party going exactly, on, exactly, yeah, and there's people in a lot of trouble across the way. <laughs> One of my favorite little bits of trivia about this film is the is Alfred Hitchcock allegedly directed this film without ever going into any of the other rooms in the film other than the one that jimmy stewart is in and so he communicated with all the other actors via earpieces mm. there's a heat wave so some of the neighbors are sleeping outside on the balcony they have this mattress and anyway it starts raining and so they have to get the mattress inside quick and alfred hitchcock allegedly spoke to them individually over these earpieces and said i want you to go in that window and then told the other one to go in the other window <laughs> and so they have this like to and froing kind of thing and it's that kind of Little moments of comedy and genius like that that just get this really natural kind of wonderful performance. Reaction between characters. Yeah, it's great. 
So Jimmy Stewart and Hitchcock made four films together. Certainly did. And Grace Kelly and Hitchcock made three films together. This is the only film that Jimmy Stewart and Grace Kelly are in together. Mm. And I now, Grace Kelly did say in a few interviews that she quite liked Jimmy Stewart. She had a reputation, obviously, but apparently she was quite taken with him. Everybody loves Jimmy Stewart. I'm probably wrong. Probably wrong. <laughs> this is an, it's an interesting one to talk about because I suppose, in a fact, we are kind of almost. It's a bit of a love letter to the film. Oh, yeah. Oh, not, yeah. I don't think that we, if we were to be hypercritical of it, it would be difficult. Like, the, you know, you could be like, oh, the VFX in this are atrocious. <laughs> I think so. Well, that's the thing. This, this is up there with <laughs> my three favorite Hitchcock films are this, um, Rope, and then Strangers on a Train. Those three films are just, mm-hmm. I can't fault them. Obviously, they, they are somewhat dated. They were made so many years ago. But beyond that, I can't see anything wrong with them. I just think they're a fantastic bit of filmmaking. Oh, I do as well. Can we talk about Raymond Burr for a second? Yes. Because this is the biggest thing he's ever done. He did. Well, no. I, he had I, a long career, but this did. is like what he's most well known for. What I always find interesting, and I'm not definitely not discrediting the character here, but um, uh, what's his name? Thorwald? Thorwald, yeah. He always ends up on a lot of like top 10 movie villain lists. Okay. And I've never really understood it. Maybe it's that whole thing of a silent villain is more effective. I think that's what it is. Yeah. What I do love is, it, well, actually, no, I was about to go into spoiler territory. Though. No, I think, I, th- I think at this point it's okay. Be aware yeah. that if you haven't seen the film that Matthew's going to ruin your yeah. day. Yeah, maybe don't listen for like the next 30 <laughs> seconds. Um, but what I do love, here we go, um, when he does come into the room with Jimmy yeah. Stewart at the end, his voice and his manner is absolutely not what you, obviously that's until he starts having to go at him, is not what you expect. You go, this is a very scared man. Yeah. Um, even though by this point you are absolutely certain that he has murdered his wife, um, you kind of go, oh, that's not what I was expecting. And he's, I think they've deliberately cast quite a sort of well, heavy set yeah. man as well for that. As a beast of a man. He, he has an imposing figure, but he, he moves does. so slowly in it. And that's that sort of that, that reaching uh, slow lurch. I'm really starting to get uncomfortable because Jimmy Stewart... He tries to stand up, but he can't, and he has to, he can't get the wheels to go any further. And oh god, it's so stressful. <sighs> and it's, it's a bit disappointing. There's, there's, a, there's a moment there where he tries to get through a door, and yeah. like his foot just comes to rest on the door. Yeah, he's like, he can't, I can't get through that now. Reach, oh dear, can't reach the door handle. <laughs> there's no way for me to possibly get through that door. I, I mean, I guess it's a fight scene of sorts because mm. there is an altercation. But it's so laborious. And, and that's the whole film as well. The film takes a really long time to tell a story. Like it, it has a deliberate slow pace it to it. It does. Him, I think it's trying to make you feel like you're stuck in that wheelchair yeah. with him. Yeah, I don't. And yeah. I think if it were any faster, you would be, it would be too quick. You wouldn't get that build. Well, I think sadly, for that exact reason, you couldn't make this film now because the pacing would, would be faster but i think you'd lose a, a kind of magic quality about uh, it i was i was about to ask this of anyone had they seen the the shia labeouf disturbia film from uh, probably 15 years ago no because that's supposed to be like the the loose remake oh. of rear window and it's supposed to be reasonably okay With so what was that film called disturbia disturbia you couldn't make this film today I, I just it would be different though. It would be, it would be made to function well, differently. Well, mm-hmm. think about we we talked about it before. I know this is a very different film, but Avengers Endgame really <laughs> takes its time. <laughs> okay, really takes its time to tell the story because yeah, they have so much to get through. I'm which, not sure if Hitchcock has ever been a segue to the Avengers. 
Well, look, this is a groundbreaking podcast. We go, we <laughs> yeah. travel through time. Yeah, well, that's right. Um, that's about a it. A boat. On a tug. Time tug. I definitely think you can still make these sort of suspenseful films these days. Whether you should go for a shot-for-shot remake of Rear Window is, I think, uh, judging off of what um, Psycho did. Oh, it's got off. Probably a little bit ill-advised. Yeah, a modern style, would I think, mm. would be perfectly fine, but it's those core values of the filmmaking that need to be adhered to about the pacing and the timing and letting stuff breathe. It, it needs to come across as an invitation to, to join his voyeurism. If it's too quick, yeah. you don't, you don't, because you eventually feel like, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm also quite curious as to what these strangers are doing. But if it's, if it's too quick, I feel like you would skip over that and just go, why is he looking at these people? Maybe I do it on the bus. We all do. Like you sit on the bus, you're bored, and you start. If you're at the lights, you, you do. You kind of look at the lights, going, oh, what's that person doing over there? No, it's a very natural <laughs> thing. But this film obviously takes that to a much higher level, where he's actually watching them with binoculars and um, telephoto lenses and stuff like that. But I think it. The reason this film was so successful at the time, and I think outside of its obviously technical brilliance, is also it really taps into something in the human psyche, I think. Yeah, about, I think so. About enjoying, I don't know, enjoying someone else's secret and they don't know it, I guess. It's a bit it's a bit hard to put my finger on it. I'm not a psychologist. But yeah, there's something there that I think Hitchcock was very clever in tapping into. At the end of the film, we finally break that stuck inside his room he's been in there for almost eight weeks now and that tension is just palpable is that you know when he is being attacked that the only way out (laughs) is through his window and then finally that tension is broken where all of a sudden you're getting these different camera angles yeah and it's quick like it's It's very quick quick. it's a very odd editing in that i would have said it was disjointed but i think it's disjointed to build that suspense at at that point you sort of like that huge Mm -hmm. tension and Pimples being popped. Uh, <laughs> it, it never. I can always. It's one of those films I can finish it and then watch it immediately again afterwards. This phrase has never been more fitting for a film, but it's a very rich canvas of things. Yeah. I mean, we mentioned Where's Wally before. It's very much like that. There's so much you can look at. I mean, it finishes where it began with him in a yeah. wheelchair, and now with two broken legs. <laughs> Brilliant ending. Fantastic. But he's. But I think he's happier with it. I think he's. Uh, he's got the girl. Yeah, he's got the girl. Yeah. It's yeah. a nice. It's a very cute little ending. Actually, it is. Yeah. We implore you to go. And watch Rear Window. I don't know if it's streaming anywhere, but you so you might have to buy a physical copy. Actually, I think it's on YouTube. Yeah, you so can, can rent it on there. Rent it on part, YouTube. Of, part of me wants to encourage you to buy a physical copy. Don't let the DVD die. It's a wonderful format. Yeah, I was able to watch like hours worth of extras today on that on the DVD. A wonderful tangible disc of shiny yeah, brightness. I, I think there's a lot to be said for for it because that's the thing. Like, I learned a lot of that sort of little facts from the documentaries about the making of. I love that kind of. You learn stuff, and I like that. Yeah, yeah. It seems almost silly to, to rate this film. It does, actually. Because um, <laughs> I can I already know what I think what we're all going to give it. So, <laughs> so uh, But as a matter of discourse and, and regular practice as part of this show, we must give it uh, something out of five. Sh- Absolutely we- sucked. <laughs> <laughs> I can't, who's this Hitchcock guy? He won't go anywhere. He won't take off. Uh, what, should, what, should, what should our rating uh, system be? I feel be? like we should do... Um, Oh, so we just periscopes because oh looking, yeah, no, that's better than what I was going to say. Yeah, let's do that. Periscopes. Yeah, yeah. you like, really shouted into that. Yeah, that actually frightened <laughs> me a little bit. I got, I got, I got excited. <laughs> I was like, oh, islands, sea, periscopes. Damn it! Here we go. <laughs> okay, uh, out of five periscopes, uh, you know, I'll go first. You know, I'm just going to give it five out of five. There's nothing. okay, so that's fifteen out of. 15 <laughs> 
Is that is that the general consensus? How yeah. we feel yeah, about no, film? I think, I think so. Yeah. Would you like to add anything more to that conversation? Um, I, I think the only thing I would like to say is when I when I first, other than Psycho, which I watched at school, I I had to introduce myself to Hitchcock's works with the help of, of my parents, kind of going, "Oh, you should watch this film. You should watch this film." This film and Rope. I can't believe that I haven't seen this film mm. before. Like those, this film really just sort of changed my perspective on what. I guess films made in the olden days could be because I think the oldest film I'd seen would maybe um, uh, not Sound of Music, um, Singing in the Rain, you know that kind of method, that kind of school of filmmaking from mm. back then. And I was like, wait, you mean they were making films like this back then? This is amazing. So I think it changed my perspective and made me appreciate older films much more than I used to. You shouldn't be afraid to no to, d- to discover these. Yeah, and I'm glad I did films. because yeah. it opened up a whole new world of these amazing films, you know, not all by Hitchcock that I wouldn't have seen otherwise, I reckon. Because you probably you have the expectations you watch The Wizard of Oz. Yeah, exactly. You watch The Sound of Music. Yeah, you know, and you should really have a go yeah. at Hitchcock films as well because yeah. they really are something to watch. They hold up, I think. A lot of them hold up. If you haven't seen them before, you, I think you will discover Things that have been copied so many times yeah. now that yeah. were really born out of this. He's time. a trendsetter. Like Alex, you recommended we watch the the Simpsons ripoff of of yeah. this movie, which in itself is just amazing as well. Oh, purple drapes. I love purple drapes. <laughs> where Bart breaks his leg, and he can't be in the swimming pool. I have not seen the Simpsons version of this. Oh, so yeah. I'm just going to sit here quietly. Funny <laughs> <laughs> time on this island. To- I'll, I'll have to fire up Disney Plus and get on The Simpsons. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Please do. Uh, I reckon it's been it's been very valuable talking about yeah. this film, and so glad that the time tug was able to take us back there. Well, I'm going to give it five periscopes out of five periscopes. It's, it's, as a, well. it's a five for me as well. I think it's. Yeah. I didn't think that was obvious enough, but you happy with <laughs> with five for all the reasons we've discussed in the last half hour. Yeah, it works quite well. Wonderful. Yeah. Excellent. <laughs> See, we're all kind of speechless about it, aren't yeah, we? So well, we're just like, you know, I've oh, got nothing bad to say about it. It's a great movie. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, that's 15 out of 15 periscopes for Alfred Hitchcock's. What was it? Rear window. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well done You can visit us on trailerisland.com.au To listen to all of our previous episodes Including this one And of course on anywhere you get your podcasts You can Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify Whatever you want mm-hmm. uh, Yeah The YouTubes, we're on the YouTube. The, yeah, there's YouTube as well, there's a Twitter yeah. You can't listen to it on we're Twitter We're still trying to set up Australia Post Don't worry about that, we're getting We will get to that, that. Yeah. And so we thank you for your time and don't forget, you can also give us a rating on Facebook, but also give mm-hmm. us a rating on Podchaser. If you set up yourself up on Podchaser and give us a review, that would be very helpful. I've been your host, Alex. I've been joined by... Matthew. Steve. And we will catch you next time on the Trailer Island Podcast. Yeah. This is a Narrative Network podcast.